stitching the fiber frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Knitter's Pride. Its continuing mission to explore strange new projects, to seek out new fibers and new techniques, to boldly go where no fiber artist has gone before. It's May 19th, 2013, and you're listening to episode 74 of Knit One Geek 2. I'm Karen. And I'm Lily. Surprise! <laughs> and we're coming to you from the bridge of the Starship Enterprise. Woo! Do you wonder, I wonder if this thing can do, do donuts. <laughs> donuts around Saturn? Hmm. Then again, it is space. Or is there a... Then again, or, it, it, you... See, I was thinking, but then again, space doesn't really have an up. No. I wonder if Tim Hortons has expanded into space yet. Drive through? <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll take a hundred double doubles and uh, three thousand tin bits. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and we're gonna need little cardboard cup holders for all of those. I wonder if the chair of the Enterprise is equipped with a cup holder. Dude, if the captain's chair does not have a cup holder, who the fuck was designing the spaceship? I mean, seriously, it just develops seatbelts in this episode, in this movie. So true. Which was kind of cool, but <laughs> that we'll save for a few for later. minutes from now, yes. Yeah, for when we actually get talking about the movie. Which is why I'm here, of course. <laughs> yes, well, also because Maggie is still, you know, in work and moving craziness. True. Yes. I should mention that she has, they have pretty kind of moved into the new house. They have, the that's where they are sleeping now. Yes. Of course, it's still full of boxes and there's still stuff at the... Their old rental house, which they still have to move over, but they have a few more weeks to. But I have to, to wonder, so. when you move, are you ever really done unpacking? I think my mom, my mom still has boxes from ten years ago that she hasn't unpacked. I still have <laughs> stuff from university I haven't unpacked, but that's for other reasons. That's because you know I moved back into my parents' house, not into another apartment. So there's some things I don't need. So anyway, <laughs> I believe we were talking about the bridge of the Enterprise. <laughs> yes. Well, we were talking about that. Um, but yeah, so because, of course, we went to see the new Star Trek movie. So good, so good, so good, so good. And I, because I would need a guest host for this week anyway, Lily has joined us. Hello. Yes, you will hear my rantings, my exuberance, my squeals. <laughs> yeah, because I really haven't had a chance to fan geek over it yet with somebody yes. <laughs> else who's actually seen it at a decent hour because the movie let out at 1.30 in the morning and... <laughs> Yeah, but anyway, but. we'll get into that in a bit. First, adventures in knitting. What are you knitting? I am, well, I have been on a finishing spree. So a couple weeks ago, I finished a cowl and a scarf that is never that was never ending. As scarves usually are. Yes, and then I moved on to my crocheting. I finished a blanket that I designed that I call my ugly granny, my retro ugly granny square blanket. It's and kitschy. Karen saw it. <laughs> I will never do a granny square blanket like that again. All the little squares <laughs> and then having to sew it together. Oh my god. And then today I finished a cross stitch I've been working on. Yeah. So I feel that I'm not counting my dishcloths because dishcloths don't count. They're yeah. Like, they're like vanilla socks for you. They just don't <laughs> count. It's something to be doing. Today, after the podcast, I will be starting, in honor of the podcast, a uh, winter flame scarf, which I found on Ravelry, using Indigo Dragonflies Don't Wear This on Star Trek, which is red. <laughs> yeah, and that was in the... What did I get you? Because this was a birthday gift from me from last year. This is the Merino Cashmere Nylon Sock. Yes. So it's 80% merino, 10% cashmere, 10% nylon. And I also have, that I'll probably be double dipping, another scarf, luscious lace scarf, knitted, knitting pixie design, using, again, indigo dragonflies. My boyfriend had a bicentennial. It's nice, it's a purpley color. It's from, based on the Buffy thing. And it's I also got the MCN sock. Yeah. At the yarn crawl Karen yes. and I did back before Christmas. <laughs> yes, you so, me and Chris did that before Christmas. And, and I must say, it's all now being housed in my wonderful, fabulous new knitting bag. <laughs> and I should mention that this knitting bag is a beautiful royal blue. And it has a little blue jay, Toronto blue jay patch that I got at the Rogers Center, that we got at the <laughs> Rogers Center because 
for those of you who don't know, in addition to my Star Trek obsession, I am somewhat of a Blue Jays fangirl. <laughs> Huge so, Blue Jays fangirl. I now have a Blue Jays knitting bag. I'm pretty sure this wasn't meant to be a knitting bag, but no, no, it's, it's big. like a tote bag purse. It's sort a of tote thing. bag purse, but it's big. It's got a couple little pockets in it, so I'm using it as a knitting bag. Oh, and... can I see the pattern for the red one? Yes. Ooh, that's pretty. Yeah. It's winter flame, so it's a lace with flame-type triangles going up it. Yeah, sort of slightly curved, all yeah. interlocking triangles. It does look sort of flame-like. And it, the pattern looks not easy, but not, oh my god, somebody kill me now. It looks like each, you know, the, the number of stitches between each sort of yarn over and decrease sort of goes down by one on each row until you get to certain numbers, like until you get down to the one stitch or get to up, up yeah. to five stitches. And I forgot if you mentioned, but that one's by, this one's by Juliet Romeo Juliet. You found this on Ravelry, yeah. right? Yeah, free Ravelry pattern. Oh, and there's a chart too. I do forget, you, do you use charts? No, but, and that's <laughs> going to be a new learning experience for the other one because it's only charted, so, oh dear God. <laughs> <laughs> They're not that hard. Well, well I they're not that hard depending depending on what you what sort of learner you are and you know how you know how your brain works basically. Well, I'm not saying that you know your brain is worse if you can't do charts. It's that <laughs> you know it's just a different way of absorbing information. I figure if I can read cross stitch charts, yeah, and understand what they are, I can pretty much do this. But you know some of the cross stitch chart charts I've used are complete and total mindfucks, so... Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, like it's epic, Starry Night. Yeah, I was going to say, oh my god, you're doing Starry Night. I have a pattern for Starry Night. Because I was about to mention, you do have that epic Hogwarts. Jane Austen ballroom Yeah, that's not scene. too difficult. That won't be difficult. I was, I was motoring along on that. I had put about a week's worth of hours into that. Mm-hmm. Maybe two, and then I realized that oh. I didn't have enough fabric for it. Oh yeah, that was the one. The fabric wasn't the right size. Yeah, so it's been put as oh, and I made so many mistakes on it. I misread the chart. Well, they had to redo the chart. They had to redesign the chart. So when I emailed the place I bought it from, they sent me the revised chart, which stupidly had their DMC conversions as well, because the original chart was just an anchor, and you can't get anchor around here, so. Anyway, and then I mixed up some colors, so I had to rip that out, and then the fabric wasn't going to be long enough, so I've put it away for a while. Yeah, that goes into timeout. And um, I'm going to rip it out, and the fabric is going to be used for doing the Ferengi Rules of Acquisition as a sampler. Yeah. <laughs> Did I mention I have a slight of a Star Trek obsession? But I think the Ferengi Rules of Acquisition would look really cool. They would. I dare you to enter that in the fair. I oh, I can't, because a couple of the rules involve sexual activities, etc. Uh, okay. So, and the fair is a yeah, G-rated place. Like, I can't do my subversive cross-stitch in the fair because yeah. I don't quite think Happy Fucking Holidays would be a uh, <laughs> appropriate <laughs> Christmas sentiment, or the fuck the dumb shit, or... The candy hearts that spell out F-U-C-K. So, <laughs> anyway, Karen, what are you working on? <laughs> okay, so I've got a few things, uh, none of which are any of the things that you probably heard me talk about last time, <laughs> because um, for some reason I, I cast on a whole bunch of stuff. Um, See, at least, at least I went on a, on a finishing binge. I do go on finishing binges, and there's other stuff that will get finished eventually. <laughs> um, okay, so first I have something that I have started working on after the yarn sitting in my stash for quite a while. A while ago, my mother and I went to the Fiber Garden in Jordan. And actually, you can see their their website is www.fiberfibregarden.ca. Like Fibray. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or the right way. Um, <laughs> my mother bought some yarn for me to make into a... They had a, a shawl on, sort of shawl scarf slash thing on display that was one of those ones where it's you start at one of the side points mm -hmm. and then you increase and so it's a long narrow sort okay. of triangle and it's got like a lace edging on the bottom so now that i with my uh, receipt of a few new tools no. this last week um i i still really really want the chowgu red lace interchangeable set okay but i haven't been able to sort of justify justify expense. spending that much money and, and also because in a few places where i've been wanting to the places i wanted to get from they haven't had it in stock 
So the fiber garden sells. I just thought it sell. It sold stuff for spinning. Yeah, it sells. Nope. It sells. They have yarn, yarn as well. I'm getting there. Okay, sorry. So I just. <laughs> so instead, I ordered some. I realized they sell the tips and the cables separately. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, you know, I could get a couple sets of tips, a couple cables, <laughs> which would be yes, just the tips. <laughs> I may just leave it in. <laughs> anyway, moving along. I may leave just the tip in. <laughs> oh God. Anyway. Maggie's never gonna go away again. <laughs> so yes, so I ordered some tips and a couple tips and a couple cables, so that you know that way I could try it out. And when I do actually buy the set, I will have extra tips and cables in mm-hmm. certain sizes. So once I got the tips, I got out the yarn, which is the Fiber Garden. Uh, one of the guys who owns the Fiber Garden, he does his own dyeing. Um, so they have their Dye Guy okay. uh, brand. You can actually find it on their website. They have an online store, even. And it's their Joy of Soy yarn. It's basically, it's a fingering weight yarn of 100% soy fiber. So it looks sort of similar to silk. It's shiny. Yeah. It's really pretty. And it's in the raspberry ice colorway, so it gives you an idea of what color it is. It's sort of a really nice, bright, but not like really bright pink. And there's 382 yards of it, like, so it is a pretty standard sort of mm-hmm. fingering yarn. So I should be able to get a nice size shawl out of it. And I'm using the, the Ocean City Shawlette pattern by Nancy Whitman from Whitnits.com, W-H-I-T-K-N-I-T-S. And it's got this fairly wide lace pattern at the bottom of a, it's again, sort of a, sort of a long crescent shape. And it's, it's done similar to the one that we saw in the store that Mum liked that, you know, you start at one corner and she actually has it specially graphed out so that the, the lace flows into the uh, garter stitch section, which makes up the body of the, the it's shawl. It's actually really pretty. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so it's really pretty so far. It's actually going pretty fast. Like I would well, be working, working on, on it at knit night, right? Yeah, I was just starting it at knit night. And I got the first chart done, which is like a good 24 to 36 row chart. Where is my pattern? Yeah, it's 37 rows long. Every of course every other row is a plain row. Mhm. Rest row. Purled on, yeah, purled on the the lace section and then knit on the garter stitch section. And admittedly, I haven't got many. I've only got like 10 garter stitch stitches including the three stitch sort of edge on it. Right. So it's that so the actual shawl part isn't that wide yet. But I've been sort of been going through the through the chart pretty quickly, hoping to get that done. And I really really like these needles. I really like them. I want to put I've got um, I'm doing them on a this is a four millimeter yeah four millimeter tip and I've got a longer cable and three point five millimeter tips upstairs that I want to put my Lakeshore shawl onto. How's that one going? Um, I haven't been working on it because I needed to get a longer cable. No, I needed to swap to a cable that wouldn't come out of the join. Oh, that yes. was the problem that made me stop for a while because yes. the cable was popping out of the join. Ugh. Which is not good when you're in the middle of knitting, and it happened at knit night, and there was I had to do a little rescuing. Huh, that's not a good thing. No, it's not. Yeah. Oh, speaking of rescuing lace at knit night, newbie has started her yes, her lace you were, shawl. You were helping her with it, and and I was fixing. And I'm gonna things. say we've talked a lot about newbie, you and Maggie, and mm-hmm. et cetera here, and she's been on the show. I was really impressed the other night. Her, I guess we're going to say tolerance <laughs> for some of our jokes. And, you know, you, you, you've all heard these jokes on this podcast as well. Yes. Um, her tolerance, her reactions have lessened, minimized. I'm not sure what the mute been muted somewhat. <laughs> Um, I don't know if we should be proud of that, or... <laughs> She's becoming desensitized to us. Or if we should be sad that we've... Corrupted her? Corrupted her. <laughs> but it's still amusing. Well, one thing to be proud of her, though, is that she has started the shawl that she was working on. I forget the t- the name of it, but it starts off with a, a plain sort of triangle where you increase with yarn overs at each end of the... Shawl? Basically each end of the row and then in the middle to sort of make a, mm-hmm. to make the, the two sort of triangles that make up the larger triangle. And she's been doing so right. So she had gotten it a little off. She'd lost sight of where her center stitch was. But I think after I was explaining to her about like how, okay, put a, a stitch marker here and then showing her how to do it. I think not only did she, was she doing okay, but I think she kind of got how the construction works. Yeah. Like I think part of it was she hadn't really 
Well, the one shawl I finished, that was mm. one of the things was on my finishing spree that I did in that beautiful blue from Socks That Rock. Yeah. The center spine, knowing to keep the two stitch markers on either side of that. Yeah. That was the first time I'd done something like that. So it's, yeah, <laughs> knowing how the construction works and well, your first... Working with it, you're like, I this doesn't look right. Yeah, you and, and you 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 might start out too by like counting, yeah. very carefully each time until you know finally you have that moment where you realize you don't, especially with something like that, you don't have to count. No, you, you just, just have to make sure you increase at these two places. You have to look, yeah. put the the marker there as a sort of yeah. landmark to be like, okay, I increase here. Stitch and I markers. think she's getting that, which yeah, amazing things. Stitch markers. I keep telling her she's not so much of a newbie anymore, but she keeps denying it. I still feel like I'm a newbie. <laughs> there are certain things. I now pick projects where there's something new I've never done before. <laughs> Just not not a big something. Maybe like a couple projects there was some slip slit some slip slit knits or whatever. Yeah. I've never done that before, or or very rarely, and that was a, <laughs> the lace cowl knitting completely in the round. Yeah. Never knit completely in the round before. Yeah. So that was a, oh my god, what am I doing? And <laughs> I had to rip that out a couple times and eventually working my way up to socks, which I will get done. I have five, seven months to get one pair of socks done. <laughs> but yeah. And, and I did should get to show her too how to fix a, how to fix when you have forgotten to do a yarn over in the row below. I didn't know you could do that. Yep. Yeah. Well, cause basically, if you're, you know, if you're knitting across, say you, you knit in pattern across, and then mm -hmm. you purl back, mm -hmm. and then you're knitting across the next row and something isn't lining up, and you're like, what the heck is wrong? If you look at the, if you look at the pattern, you realize you forgot a, a, a yarn over, the strand in between two stitches yeah. is basically the yarn, you know, the yarn over is just a, a way of elongating the amount of yarn between two stitches, mm -hmm. and then knitting that as a stitch. Yeah. Okay. So all you have to do is pick up the yarn between two stitches. And what else are you working on? I also have a sock that I have started. It's one I actually was working on a while ago and then ripped out because it wasn't working. Because I was doing the V Junkie socks from uh, by Alice Yu in this in her Socktopus book, and I was doing them in this really pretty Koigu. I don't know the number of it because they, of course they don't have names for their colorways. I just have. P1, whatever. It's know. a nice blue with some oranges. Yeah, and yellows and slightly reddish and some greenish. And it looks like it, the orange is striping itself. Very slow. It's like, well, it's or spiraling. spiraling, yeah. Yeah. It's very sort of muted kind of colors, and it's, it's so pretty. I love it so much. The blue is definitely sort of the, the, the dominant base color. But uh, at the time, it's I think... It's not teal. So no, that's how that that's a stretch for you. But uh, I think that the needles I was using at the time, the number of stitches of the the size of the pattern that I was using at the time, it wasn't big enough, so it wasn't going to fit my calf that well. So I ended up pulling it out, and I ended up I sort of knit one on one pair of needles, and then I tried a different stitch number and stuff on for the other pair of needles, and that one wasn't really working out either. So I decided to just rip it out, and I would wash the yarn. Mm -hmm. so that it would settle back into sort of a nice flat yarn instead of being all coiled up. So I've restarted those. And you're fairly, you're about three inches in? Oh, uh, yeah, about that. And so far it's going so well, I think I need to do another, like, pull it on my heel, and pull it on my foot and see how it looks. But, and I'm doing it from the top down. This one's a top-down pattern. And I'm using the smaller size of Knitter's Pride Carbons. <laughs> that I ordered from Webs, so I'm using the 2.5 millimeter needles, and I really like these needles. <laughs> That's good. They're so cool. <laughs> they're so strong, but they're so light too. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god. It's not like you're not even holding them. <laughs> yeah. That's why carbon fiber is used in like Formula One cars yes. and other stuff. I have Formula One knitting needles. <laughs> For all your best knitting races. Awesome. Oh yes, and mm -hmm. the other thing I've worked on this last week, yes, was of course I worked some on my movie socks. Yes, yes, you while did. We the movies. You seem to have a little issue with them, but I really was yeah. attracted by the whole moviness of it all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had an epic fail <laughs> during the movie. I was like, sure, I'm gonna have to see this movie again. <laughs> well, because duh. 
I for a while I just I had to I put it down for a little while and I was and I just watched the movie for a little while and then I tried picking it up again. Because what happened was it? yeah I did um, because what happened was one of the the stitches I had only caught like just a tiny little bit of the the, I hate the when thread that when it, so I had only pulled up into a stitch like only a tiny little bit of the yarn so I'm like okay that is gonna snap and I need to fix that. So I had to drop that stitch down. But when I dropped that stitch down, like somehow the stitch next to it also fell off the needle and started unraveling. And then when I picked that one up and I sort of laddered them both up and then I had to drop something, but then, it, you know, one of them, something You're just not having awful a good happened time with it. With it. So it's not, like stitches end up, ended up falling off the needles in total, like two or three times unintentionally. That's not good. And each time, I, it was like four or five rows down, and I have to pick it back <laughs> up in, in the, dark. the dark. While flailing while over the amazingness of the movie. Yes, so I'm trying to trying to pull out, pull it out and make sure I'm catching the right strands and not missing one. And I did actually manage to fix it. In the theater or when in you got In the home? theater. Okay. How much of the movie did you miss? <laughs> I didn't miss a lot of the movie. Like, I was still, you know, looking up at it every once in a while. I just sort of took it slow. Unlike me, who got so, I got so mad at myself, because I think we're about maybe two-thirds of the way through the movie, and I'm like, I have to pee. I have to like, But it's Star Trek! Like, d- 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 just run. <laughs> My bladder doesn't care at Star Trek. <laughs> no. Anyway, so are we going to talk about this movie? Are we going to dance around it some more? Are we going to do some... <laughs> We're going to talk about your other flail of the week, or... Okay, well, we'll actually, here, we'll do Star Trek first, because I know you are going to yes, flail. Yes, and... So, moving into Geek Squee. Star and... Trek, and there will be spoilers, because I yep. can't talk about this shit without there being spoilers, okay. and it might be loud. Okay. <laughs> so, well, first, let's just do overall impressions. We'll do non-spoiler overall impressions. Non-spoiler overall impressions. I thought it was better than the first reboot. Mm-hmm. The first reboot was awesome. This one, I think, I think the characters have, the actors have settled into their iconic roles a bit yeah, more. Yeah, settled into the characters. Um, and, and into the relationships. It, and into the relationships. And I think it was a little, I think we have to give Zachary Quinto a little bit of credit because not only did he settle into the role of Spock, mm-hmm. but he settled into the role of Spock with the twists they gave him. Of mm-hmm. embracing more of his human side than Spock ever mm-hmm. had. Yeah. And there's a scene in the movie where there's a conversation that's happening and it's a very human conversation that mm-hmm. he got pulled into. Yeah. <laughs> and I think you know which one I'm talking about. Yes, and we'll discuss it in spoilers. Um, and we also, I think, um, and I can't remember his name, but we're going to call him the MILF guy. The guy that plays Sulu. I can look it up right now. Also, um, also settled into the role of George Takei's Sulu very well. We see a lot of him, and knowing what happens in the in the original series, he settled. I uh, just awesome movie. Really enjoyed it. There's a lot. John Cho. John Cho. Yeah. There's a lot for the fans. Uh, Karen saw me squee about twenty seconds into the movie about <laughs> yes. something. That pulls hardcore Trekkies in. Loved it. Can't wait to see it again. When the movie was over, I said to Karen, when's the next showing? <laughs> um, yeah. So are we doing the spoiler shit now? Okay. Well, first, I'll, I'll mention, I will oh, mention your, two. You, what, what were your... I really enjoyed it. Now, see, I should mention two, because I have seen a lot of... I've seen a lot of the fan reaction, and it is very divided. There are a lot of fans who are pretty pissed. <laughs> and But, I mean, I, I would point out that, like... And I mean, I totally understand this is something that you love. Like, I am not, this is not me saying, well, you shouldn't feel that way. I'm just saying, you know, like, one thing you might want to cling on to is that... No pun intended. Well, <laughs> I didn't even realize that. One time, one thing you might want to to hold on to is that, you know, this is an alternate universe. Mm-hmm. Not just in the sense that it's an alternate universe and they don't have to do things. It's more like, it's an alternate universe. It's canonically an alternate universe. So you still have the other movies... Nothing will ever change them. No. That universe is a separate universe. Yes. So J.J. Abrams cannot touch it. He, can't he can hurt mention it. it. Yeah. He can, which he does, he can mention it. They can pay homage to it, which yes. they do. Because really, this cast, this crew, J.J. Abrams, wouldn't be here without the original series. Yeah. But for those, like I said, for, the, for those who are not happy with the reboots, 
you can hold on to the originals because, like I said, in universe, <laughs> the originals is a separate universe and nothing J.J. Abrams can ever, you know, destroy that. Yes. So, hold in there. Now. And Star Wars fans, you can have the same conversation in a couple years when J.J. Abrams does whatever he's going to do <laughs> with your Star Wars. <laughs> oh, have fun with that. That was slightly different. In the way that, well, I think, you know, fans reacted differently to the last few Star Trek movies than fans reacted differently to the prequel, prequel series. series. But anyway, moving into, okay, moving into spoilery bits. As usual, I will put the time code in saying, you know, don't listen past this point. And this, I'll tell you when it's safe to come back. When you won't be spoiled anymore. <laughs> because, yeah, this is a different, well, difficult one to talk about without... Like yeah. major spoilers. So, because Maggie always does this to me, yeah. and I hate her for it every yes. single time because it's always so difficult, yeah. I'm going to do it to you. Okay. So what was your favorite moment, or what was your most memorable moment? <sighs> there were a lot. The part they twisted. You can't say what it is. Okay. Spoilerville. So, in the trailers, we all assume, given the trailer, I'm just going to do a little background here. Yeah. With the, with the trailers that came out, we all assumed that the Cumberbatch was going to be con. Mm-hmm. We knew this. Yeah. There were, that rumor was right. <laughs> there were several scenes that they played up in the trailers that seemed like they were going to mirror Wrath of Khan. In the, you have always been and shall be my friend, blah, 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 all that. Yeah. Spock dies. We know that happens in the original series. They, and they hinted at it quite a bit in the trailers. Mm-hmm. Dudes? Dudes, oh dudes, oh dudes. They <laughs> flipped that. They messed with your expectations because Kirk dies. Let me say it again. They killed freaking Kirk. And of course, my only act response was, holy shit, bridge on the captain. And you Trekkies out there will understand that. Anyway, <laughs> they killed Kirk. Yes, that yeah. was my favorite. You were freaking out. <laughs> it was a glory to behold. <laughs> um, I think that was my favorite part. And then... Spock goes, Zachary Quinto goes does and does the, the con part of it. <laughs> and this is where I think Zachary Quinto has embraced the role of Spock with a twist because it is highly illogical to want vengeance, but dude, does Quinto want vengeance? Mm-hmm. To the point where there's an awesome scene where they're flying on these, I don't even know if they're like, transports or buses yeah, dump trucks or something i don't know there's and jumping and and then kirk is saved with tribbles yeah <laughs> well uhura first gets to spock yeah. before he can kill the cumberbatch at that particular <laughs> point in time at that particular point in time and yeah so i think that whole sequence was one of my favorite things and then the end where they're doing the memorial and rededication of the Enterprise, and Chris Pine gets his turn at saying the iconic oh. opening was just. But this movie was <laughs> action. Lots was of action from beginning to end. Like I don't think I've. I was almost in tears with the with the crying because I was like freaking out because oh my god they killed Kirk. Um, and you can start a drinking <laughs> game with this every time I say it. Now um, I think they be under the table by now. <laughs> there there was some feels. And I think the only time I've ever had feels in Star Trek <laughs> was um, the season, the series finales of the mm-hmm. of the shows. Mm-hmm. The only thing that was missing was the end when they were saying, "Where do you want to go?" I, I felt like you you could have had the second star to the right and straight on till morning, morning from um, Peter Pan from Peter Pan, which is used in I believe it's uh, the sixth movie of the original series movies. <laughs> So that's this course Kirk sets. Anyway, so moving into the rest of the movie, what was well, your okay. favorite part? Okay, well that part. Okay, going by the most memorable part. I've that been was watching. Me. That was definitely the most memorable. <laughs> that was definitely the most memorable part. And it's like, oh, it's. I mean, even as someone who who enjoys, I've enjoyed the other series. I haven't watched a lot of the original series, but I, you know, I've seen a fair quite a bit of. Like next generation, I've enjoyed mm-hmm. watching you know Voyager and the other series. So even as the, and I enjoyed the first reboot movie. Yeah. So even with someone who doesn't have like as emotional a connection <laughs> to this franchise and yes. to the characters as you do, that oh my god, that scene was still like oh my god, tearing my heart out, stomping on it in the aisle because they did it was, such a good job oh, in the trailers so of making you think they were going where they'd gone before. Yeah, well, even, but they boldly went <laughs> where 
Only Captain one Kirk. other movie has gone before, and they had to go there with Captain Kirk and Shatner because. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it was yeah, it was it was really well done. It was really well acted, especially because oh, Kirk, he yeah. was doing like the noble sacrificial thing, and which is totally Captain Kirk. And then, so there was sort of a a, a combination of like both the feels during that scene as well as the like. Well, as soon as. He basically he has to go inside the the warp core core and realign and the Scotty's like uh and realign the the thingies to start up the warp drive so they can get out of there and uh, Scotty's like no that's a one way like, trip that you're like, not you're not doing you're gonna that. be overdosed with radiation you're so dead and as soon as he said that I'm like oh boy this is how they're changing it because <laughs> I might not have seen Wrath of Khan but I know what happens in Wrath of Khan. Mm-hmm. And I know what everybody had been ex- had been expecting, had been speculating about after they saw that shot of yeah. the two hands on the glass on either side, yeah. one of them making the Vulcan salute, and yeah, no, it was <laughs> so I was like, oh crap, there was one. But then at the same time, I was also like, oh yes, but they have this out. <laughs> I know exactly how they're gonna fix this too. But oh my god, I didn't even, I wasn't even thinking of the out. Yeah. I wasn't even thinking of the out. The emotional distance I have from it, I think, is helping me already. <laughs> well, that, and I know everyone loves, well, not, a, I know a significant mem- portion of the female population loves the Cumberbatch. Yeah. Karen can have him. <laughs> I'm, all about, I'm all about the Chris Pine, so I'm thinking, going, they killed Kirk, oh my god, how are they going to do this without Chris, like, they killed Chris Pine, like, Yes, it was a good thing my hair was tied back. It was your, oh my god, they killed Coulson moment. Yes, yes it was. <laughs> but yeah, so that part, oh god, that scene was just like, oh, so hard. But then at the same time, I was also sort of like, oh, so this is what they're doing. <laughs> but yeah, so as we mentioned, you know, they do conf- and there was also the other bit, another bit that I you know, really remember was, of course, when... Cumberbatch actually says my name is Khan and I'm like ha ha yes it was true <laughs> and I know there's a, lot, there's a lot of fans who are really pissed about that too because and I can see where they're coming from because hmm when I think of someone named Khan Noonien Singh I don't exactly picture Benedict Cumberbatch no you picture Ricardo like, Montalban <laughs> yeah no I picture or even if you know you're talking other actors that could do it now it's like don't exactly picture a British white guy with a name like that no, but the... Really, guys, you couldn't have renamed it. You had to go with that, but okay. The other the other big moment, I think, in the movie, I necessarily think it was big, but I think it was kept well under wraps, because mm-hmm. I don't think anybody assumed, figured that uh, Leonard Nimoy was going to be making an appearance. Yep. <laughs> and I didn't even think about that when, at some point, Spock is... Spock is in command of the Enterprise and mm-hmm. asks about New Vulcan, and I wasn't even thinking. I just was thinking, mm-hmm. oh, he's going to see maybe that's the closest planet. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And then, then we see Leonard Nimoy, and he's asking about, in your universe, was there a con? And, <laughs> um, and Leonard Nimoy gets like, oh, yes, there was. Yes, and... Being logical, he says he's tried not to, he doesn't want to really influence how this timeline is going, but danger, Will Robinson, danger, danger. (laughs) (laughs) And knowing what we know, he never actually said it was Spock that was going to die, but that it was at grave peril, yes, they managed at great cost. But at great cost. So, and that's, and of course, that's seeding, of course, to anybody who's seen Wrath of Khan, yeah. or knows about Wrath of Khan, that's already seeding in their head the idea, like, oh, crap, Spot's gonna die. You know, cause yeah. we, because you know how it happened yeah. last time. And exactly. again, twist. At the twist, they set us, they set us up so perfectly. Yeah. I have to say, the guys that made the trailers, what J.J. Abrams let slip, etc., set us up so perfectly for the twist. Yeah. One of the other bits I really enjoyed, mm-hmm. or that I was sort of really into, was when they were on, because they do actually go to the Klingon. Oh, the Klingon yeah. homeworld. They go, they go to Kronos, and this is actual Klingons, not we-don't-talk-about-it era Klingons. <laughs> and Uhura kicks some serious yes. butt. I love that. I love that when they, you know, when they realized they were surrounded by Klingons, she was like, I am going, she's like, let me try with languages. And I'm like, yes, badassery with languages, yes. And she, she almost had them. 
Yeah. I really do think she almost had them. It could have yeah, been either just way. Yeah, Cumberbill- Cumberbillen came along and opened it on fire, which didn't Yeah, happen. which was kind of amazing. I, you may have heard me say that's not how you use a Batleth. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I've watched a lot of Worf and his Batleth and in Deep Space Nine, etc. Some of the moves were like, no, dude, no, no. Where's Michael Dorn when you need him? <laughs> <laughs> Michael Dorn needs to give these guys fight training. Yes, exactly. But the Klingons were good. Mm-hmm. They were, I liked that. And I like, I love how she's able to use, like, language and sociology and knowledge mm-hmm. of customs and stuff to try and... Yeah, to try and help and Actually, try and get them on their side. Yeah, and save their asses. And of course, before that scene is the is the scene from the trailer that we'll fit, we'll fit, we'll fit. No, we won't. I told you we'd fit. I do not <laughs> believe that qualifies. Which leads us into this was also as for as much action there was, and it was a lot of action. There was yeah. a lot of heart. There were also a lot of laughs. Yeah, this is very much sci-fi action movie. Yeah. But there's also a lot of laughs in the, I don't think that qualifies, the three-way conversation, that three-way fight that that Uhura and Spock get into, with the... (laughs) The awkward... The awkward... Couple fight? Yeah, that, and then Kirk gets pulled into it. Yes. Um, Because in the first scenes, Kirk Kirk being Kirk ignores the prime directive to save Spock, which, you know, every other Starfleet captain has done, ignore the prime directive to save their first in command, (laughs) or someone Well, and to also save this village, too. Yeah. So, there's a big fight over the fact that Kirk has saved Spock's life, etc., and how they Mm -hmm. don't understand each other, which is part, which plays its way through the movie to the final end of, Mm -hmm. to the finale, where Kirk, where I think Spock gets it. Mm -hmm. This is, this is the thing. Stupid me, just realized that Bones is played by Aomer. Never yeah. actually put the two together. It's like one of those, what? <laughs> because I think... You never actually realized this before. No. Well, I'm sorry. Short brown hair, curmudgeonly doctor, and long flowing blonde writer of Rohan doesn't really smack in my head as two. Karen's giving me a look. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, the doctor, of That's course, was Lily. the... The doctor, of course, was his, I'm a doctor, not a, insert random <laughs> adjective, adverb, noun, here. <laughs> Which was awesome. Yeah, Scotty. Gotta love Scotty. Oh, God, yes. Scotty there was, was a drunken, there was a drunken bar scene with Scotty in this one. And <laughs> kind of funny. I just, I, I want to see it again. When can I see it again? Oh, there are tribbles. Well, there's a tribble. You mentioned. I know, but they're worth mentioning. They're tribbles. And I don't know, the part, one of the parts I started flailing over was in the beginning there, they introduced the Cumber villain as John Harrison, a member of section, excuse me, section 31. And for those of you who've seen, who've watched all of Deep Space Nine, that'll ring a bell as the CIA <laughs> black ops type division of, of the Federation. So that little egg, that little uh, Easter egg of a, oh my god, they're bringing stuff in, kind of was fun. Of course, also at the beginning when they were mentioning that, there's one other scene which kind of leads to, to I think which leads to Spock's more embracing of his human, or going towards his human side at the end, which is when Pike dies. Yes, he does a mind meld with Pike to as understand, he's as dying. he's dying, to understand what's going on. And then that reverberates back in the Kirk. Yeah. And, yeah, in the Kirk death scene, which was... Yeah, Yeah, as soon as, as soon as I saw Pike at that little meeting, like, as we had seen in the trailer, there's obviously some official meeting that, that that gets, you know, destroyed by the Cumbervillain. And, yeah, as soon as I saw Pike was there, I'm like, oh, you so gonna die. I was expecting you to die in the last movie. You're so gonna die right now. <laughs> yeah, no, it was you just Which is yeah. sad because I like Pike and I like his actor and I've liked him in other stuff and it was like, oh dear. Yes. Yeah, no. And it was sad. But of course that gives Kirk his his raison d'etre for Yeah to go off and, and save the day ass. and be the space cowboy he is, ignoring <laughs> slightly ignoring the rules. But playing within them We haven't even really mentioned uh Admiral Marcus and his daughter. <laughs> yeah. Which was totally setting up for future movies with the daughter. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Gee, what was your hint? Maybe the fact that yeah. she and Kirk were having moments. We're having looks. <laughs> and she maneuvered her way onto the ship and Yeah. Spock, of course, is jealous at one point that there's another science officer on the board. <laughs> which is so amusing. Put, put on your science officer. Even though you won't admit it's jealousy. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so that's I could keep going and going and going. <laughs> And going. Um, the one yeah. thing I was looking for in the movie is just a J.J. Abrams little quirk. Um, Greg Gernberg is always in what J.J. Abrams does. Mm-hmm. He was the voice of the angry stepfather in the original re- in the first reboot. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of looking for him in this one. I didn't see him, but he may have been one of the white primitive aliens that was white yeah. painted primitive aliens. But that was the only other thing I yeah. <laughs> There were, and there were a few things that sort of tugged me out of the movie, like, science-wise. Like, I'm calling bullshit on a big mm. section of the end, where they were like, where, well, basically where they're like, Earth's gravity, gravity is pulling the Enterprise in, and it's like, see, considering we have just seen, and this will go into our next segment in a minute, um, considering we have just seen Chris Hadfield in the International Space Station, and we have just, you know, seen him come home and seen, like, I've, you know, so I was watching the process of, like, mm-hmm. when they had to do special, like, rocket burns and stuff like that so they could get out of orbit. Yeah. You know, because otherwise if they, you know, you have to actually work to get back down to mm-hmm. Earth's surface because you have to, if I remember correctly, again, if you pers- if, a, if a certain point you don't burn your rockets to point you towards Earth, you will actually get just pulled in by Earth's orbit and yeah. you will just keep orbiting. Yeah. So I don't think... I don't think the, the the Enterprise can just fall out of space. No. Not to mention the fact that there is an enormous hull breach. And meanwhile, like I know they have to have something on the on the um, on the Enterprise itself so it doesn't you know burn up during reentry. And I'm assuming it's something that's not like okay, you're back down. Let's spend six months putting the special coating back on the Enterprise yeah. so that you can go out again. I'm assuming it has to be something that is you know very strong or whatever with will withstand the heat of reentry multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um. But if I remember, but they do have a huge hull breach, which generally the problem is if you have a break in that resistive coating, yeah, you're kind of screwed because then everything inside starts burning, and yeah. I, I don't think it would have. I think it would. Well, been depends a bit in the worse in in the later movies. I believe in TNG, in Deep Space Nine when they have the Defiant and Voyager, hull breaches are taken care of immediately. By force fields, I'm not sure that keep the okay, atmosphere yeah. that keep the atmosphere in. Yeah, they're taking well, care. Well, of... it wasn't keeping the atmosphere in because we saw people well, get people get sucked well, out. But it takes yeah. them, it's not an instantaneous boom. Force fields go up to keep yeah anything else from flying out of the ship. Yeah, um, but, but not so I'm much... not sure if that's something that happened. In the, if that was a technology they're yeah. they're playing on in this. Well, we know they have the shields. I'm just not sure. Okay, maybe the shields protect from the heat of reentry. Mm-hmm. It's just... and they weren't. They didn't have their shields at that particular point in time when they were trying to reenter. They didn't have any. Well, they're not really. So trying. then they should have torched from the inside because <laughs> the inside was exposed anyway. Unless they, I don't know. Now we're getting into the nitty gritty <laughs> that I don't like yes. to talk about because then it like ruins the fantasy of space travel and the Enterprise. But I am sure there is somebody somewhere that can explain how. And there's it also works. that Enterprise actually wasn't actually docked on land. The Enterprise was sure. built at Utopia Planitia Yards, so I'm not sure it actually has a something to allow it to survive reentry. Well, Voyager land, Voyager land, anyway. Voyager land <laughs> on. Class M planets. Yeah. Multiple times during that series. Yeah. And they would have similar atmosphere. Enterprise D was destroyed by landing. Mm-hmm. So. But yeah, so that was part of it. I was like, mm, I call bullshit. But anyway, but it was, that's relatively minor for a Star Trek movie, and I was carried away by feels for most of it. <laughs> it was a good movie. I highly recommend people go see it. Just beware, like I said, if you're a hardcore Trekker. Or Trekkie. I prefer Trekkie. There are, there are mixed opinions on it. So, yes. And let me before you go in. The thing I was reading, one of the things that annoyed me, I was reading all of the, I was reading some of the reviews and they were talking about fanboys and blah, 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 blah. And I'm sorry, it's not just fanboys. There are fangirls. 
who quite enjoy this series. Mm-hmm. And when we were in the theater, it was mostly people in the in and around their thirties, and it was yeah, an even and mix, 30s. and it was an even mix of men and women. Yeah, who were all worries. laughing right along with us, who were all freaking out right along with us. <laughs> um, Spock Monkey enjoyed it as well. <laughs> yes, we should mention Spock Monkey. <laughs> Spock Monkey did come. Yes, to the theater with us. We have lots of photographic evidence. Yes, we do. We'll have to post some of that in the thread. Of uh, Spock Monkey in my office waiting waiting for me to be done work, in the car, seatbelted in, with his, his ticket, ticket, with some pop, with some M&Ms, and then tucked in bed safely at the end of the night. So yes, yeah, Spock Monkey was there. Yes. <laughs> As Spock promised. Monkey may come to Superman with me. <laughs> Or maybe I can get Maggie to make me a Spock, a super, uh, super monkey, super monkey. Maggie, if you're listening to this, super monkey, what do you think? <laughs> or when you're listening to this? So, okay, are we so, going with the other flail TV version flail, or are we going? Well, with we can the go space? with space. We're we going, going with space, space first. Okay. So it is safe to come back. There are no spoilers from here on in. Well, not for that at least. Yes. Well, they're not really spoilers for anything else we're talking about. So yes, we're back. It is mm. safe to start listening. And so moving on into more space-related news, as you probably know, Chris Hadfield is safe back on Earth along with his fellow astronauts from Expedition 35 to the International Space Station. And as a lot of people on Twitter were saying, if something had to go wrong on Monday night, at least it wasn't Chris Hadfield. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Sorry, Leafs fans, but I have my priorities. (laughs) Well, and that's what a lot of people on my Twitter feed were going, between the hockey game and Chris Hadfield, I can't can't deal with life right now. So yes, safely back on Earth. And it's really interesting. He, of course, now he's... He's post, still posting some of the photos that he took in space because he says he has thousands of them um, that he can keep posting for quite a while. But it's also he's been posting a lot of tweets and a lot of pictures about his recovery, basically. Which will take about a year. Yeah, at the Johnson Space Center. He said, like, he'll be mostly okay within a few months, but when it comes to, like, regaining bone density and stuff like that, yeah. that's going to take, like, a full well, year. Well, he's still, he's, he's still saying he's dizzy, mm-hmm. he's... He gets tired easily because, of yeah. course, when you don't have gravity pulling on your muscles, you don't have any resistance training. Yeah, and think- even for all the even for all the the working out they do in space, like they do like a good hour and a half to two hours yeah. of it a day. And that's but to it's maintain, still not the same. No, yeah. that's to keep the muscles from atrophying. Yeah, but still, there's no resistance. Yeah, you need the resistance to hold your head up. Yeah, you need gravity to push your like. He was. He tweeted that he was wearing a suit of some kind to keep the blood moving up to his head because yeah. his circulatory system hasn't had to do that. Yeah, that and he's, one he said that massive ear pop. Yeah, and he said that like he doesn't have. Um, he even doesn't have like the breath no. control that he does. Like I think he no. mentioned he was playing guitar with somebody, but he couldn't sing along because he doesn't have the his his breathing is his not, lung capacity is, is not is different the same. because. Yeah. He's actually having to... And he's... Of course, all of this, they're learning more. As as they're, as he's doing all his physio and his tests and stuff, they're gaining information about how, what it is to stay in space that long. Mm-hmm. And it's applications for things like osteoporosis and, circulator- and the circulatory system, lung capacity, yeah. all that kind of stuff that, stuff that will Earth. have applications here on Earth. Yeah. And like I was saying to Karen... I was reading some of the news articles, and everyone's like, well, it's not like he's the first person in space and giving a lot of bad flack, because, you know, people do that on the internet. But I think what Chris Hadfield did was make space accessible. Yeah. And it's, it's, not, still- it's not a bunch of elite, well, it is a bunch of elite guys going up in, yeah. men and women going up into space, but it made still- us part of it. Yeah. His being able to, to send videos and people being able to ask questions and, and students... He did tons with students and live tweeting, answering questions, doing experiments with students from grade school to university level to doctorate level. And brought a lot more awareness to the program, I think. Because I think, well, exactly. you know, how many kids kids now who are like, I want to be an astronaut, who I've seen on TV, before then would have said, I want to be an astronaut. Yeah. And I mean, and it's, the thing is, he's still he's still part of a very small club that a have been to the space station, b that have stayed on the space station for six months. Yeah, that's not they haven't been doing that that long, no. as far as I know. Like the Russians, I think have been doing it longer than. But then that's the other thing they're doing with him is they're seeing, okay, we know what the toll on the human body is for a month long. 
Yeah. Is there a cumulative? Yeah. And they were cumulative for six months. And yeah. they were saying like, our atmosphere protects us from a lot of, well, should protect us from a lot of radiation that the sun gives yeah. off. They're not as protected in the space station as yeah. we are here on Earth, even with our lovely holes in our ozone layer. Yeah. So what are the long-term effects? effects? Is yeah. he going to develop cancers or whatever because yeah. he's been exposed to the radiation? We don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's really cool. Well, and of course, two of the really cool things that we that we absolutely loved was uh, a lot of people were retweeting this, but so if you haven't seen it yet, while he was up there, he actually did two sort of musical things because he was yeah. actually working with a group to do to fund like music education yeah. in schools. So one of them he did he and Ed Robertson from, from the, the Bare Naked, Naked Ladies, Ladies with the Bare Naked Ladies, yeah, with the, with the other members of the Bare Naked Ladies and a high school glee club. Yeah, originally actually, did at a couple he, months yeah, ago. The live singing. Because yeah. they did that originally a couple months ago. Let me give the details. Okay, sorry. Yeah, he and Ed Robertson wrote a song mm-hmm. called ISS Is Some- Somebody Singing. And it was originally, they originally filmed it with the rest of the, the, the Bare Naked Ladies mm-hmm. and a high school glee club. I think it's the Wexford Gleeks. Yes. Is what they're called. And they actually filmed it and it was actually played on CBC. And it, it's pretty amazing to watch to begin with. But then a few weeks ago, I think it was May 6th, it was Music Monday, they had schools from across Canada. They brought the they brought Ed Robertson, the Bare Naked Ladies, the, that Glee Club, yeah. Gleeks back. To the and Ontario Science Centre, I think. I think so. And then they had schools and community groups from all over Canada. Yeah, and even some internationally. I, went, I, looked, okay. I looked at the map. I knew it was website. all over Canada. There was some, I don't know, like, I don't know if the... I knew the ones all over Canada were simultaneously. Basically, mm-hmm. everybody sang this song Is at the same singing. time yeah. all over Canada. I don't know about some of the international ones, if they were able to do it at the same time or if they just did it on the same day. Yeah. Like, some class, school classes. I think there were some in, like, Australia, like, classes in Australia. That's And cool. England and other places that... That's cool. Yeah, you know, some in South America. And it was so cool. <laughs> And then the one that got retweeted a lot. And that's, so that song is really cool. I really like it. It's, if you like the Bare Naked Ladies. It is a very Bare Naked Ladies song. <laughs> yes. And it's really cool. And then a couple not days. To say it's not a great song. It's, yeah. We're sounding like we're qualifying it, but no. we're not qualifying it. Bare Naked Ladies are awesome. Yeah. And then just before, like a couple days before they came back, mm-hmm. um, well, his son, Evan, who's been doing, who's the one who actually tweets everything, like sends, mm-hmm. releases all the messages and photos as tweets and stuff. He edited together footage of his dad singing and other sort of footage to basically create, like, it looks like a music video. Yes, yes, it does. Of Chris Hadfield singing David Bowie's Space Oddity. <laughs> and you have, you really have to see this because it's, it's 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 really funny to watch, partly because I mean he's they've changed the lyrics a little bit, yeah, to make it more a little more applicable. <laughs> um, but it's also really funny to watch because it's like, oh my god, it's like a music video that was actually filmed, filmed in, in space. space. Yeah, like he's actually in the the cupola of the the International Space Station, and there's Earth outside as he's singing. So it's it's rather amusing. You should really check it out. And you can find both of those on YouTube. If you just start typing in Chris Hadfield, you will find both of those. And Hadfield is H-A-D-F-I-E-L-D. It'll probably auto-finish with either of those. Indeed, yeah. Because it's awesome. And speaking of awesome. Yes, Karen, Flail, go ahead. Okay, so. (laughs) Last weekend was the the weekend of non-ending Flail, because there had been rumors that Friday we would get news about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and we did. (laughs) <laughs> ABC is definitely picking up Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, like we knew that wasn't going to happen, but hey, this is a Joss Whedon show, you never know. Well, um, this is a Joss Whedon show songs Fox, so this might actually yes, have a, tra- a chance of... You do have a point. <laughs> ...of succeeding. This might actually work. Um, and of course, it doesn't help that, like, as the Mary Sue was saying, ABC would have to be allergic to printing money. Not to pick this up. Yes. So, like, and then Friday we got, like, the 30-second trailer, or maybe it was even Sunday, I can't even remember. It was just sort of a blur of, oh my god, freaking out. And, you know, so we got little bits all over the weekend. And then finally last Tuesday we got the full two and three-quarter minute trailer for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And, oh my god, I It looks cry. good. It looks good. I am freak. I was freaking that. We watched it just before this, because Lily hadn't seen it yet. I have seen this trailer, like... Eight, nine, maybe even ten times by now. And I was still flailing. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> I cannot wait. Oh my god. 
And there's lots of moments in it that are like, yep, this is a Whedon show. Like, you hear this voice asking, you know, one of the, the main characters of Grant Ward, you know, what S.H.I.E.L.D. stands for, and he gives out, you know, what it stands for, the security home and blah, blah, blah. And she asks him, what does that mean to, what does that say, what does that mean to you, or something like that? Or, yeah, she asks, what does that mean to you? And he says, it means someone really wanted our initials to be S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> S.H.I.E.L.D. Which is funny because it's true. Some of yeah. those actors, some, some acronyms, you just gotta be like, really? Yeah, you know, really? well, you know, like, S.H.I.E.L.D. has had different, it has stood for different words mm-hmm. throughout its history, but you know, like, someone at Marvel was like, okay, we want this to be called S.H.I.E.L.D. What's a cool word to use? S.H.I.E.L.D. Okay, how do we, then finding the, the words to go in it to make that up. So, yeah, and it's like, oh my god, and there was Coulson, and I cannot wait, oh my god. It looks so good. It looks so awesome. I, there's nothing I can really add to yeah. Karen's flailing. Yeah, I'm just... I can't even deal. It's like, is it September yet? I want sep- I want the show. <laughs> I want this show so bad. Well, in the interim, you do have much to do about nothing coming out in the next yes. month. Yes! Which looks really good. Yes. I am excited for that one. I'm hoping it comes here, though I'm not terribly confident it will. At the very least, it will be in Toronto. So yeah, I promise I won't be mentioning Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. like every week from now on. Okay, you know, guys, you heard that? You heard that? We're going to have to stick her to that. Or make her stick to it. Yeah. Because always, like, if you're not sick of it by now, you'll be sick of it by September by the time it comes along. Um, now, does that include just Agents of Sealed or any Marvel? Well, it might be difficult not to talk about any Marvel, because, like, we have Thor's coming. Thor coming out, and Joss Whedon did make a mention that there are certain characters recently, there's certain characters he's confirming that are going to be new to the Marvel Cinematic Universe characters that oh. are going to be in Avengers 2, which are in the comics. Okay. Um, the only one I remember at the moment is Scarlet Witch is going to be in the interesting Avengers two. The other thing we should men- I should mention or we should mention is when we went to see Star Trek, there was a trailer for uh, Man of Steel, which is yes. the new incarnation of the Superman, <laughs> which movies, you are super excited about, and I think we'll have to have you back on. I oh. am super excited about. Don't get me wrong. Love the Marvel universe. Love the Marvel movies. Great. I'm a Superman girl. I my first one of my first crushes, TV crushes was Dean Kane. I love <laughs> Terry Hatcher as Lois Lane. I I still watch those shows. I have them all on DVD. Superman is my he's he's your hero. He's he he's Superman. And what makes it better is Joe is the creators. One of the creators was Canadian, so Superman is Canadian. Yep. So like, come on, people. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, the other thing I thought of that. Our, inter- our viewers might be interested in. Um, viewers, listeners. Well, listeners, yes. <laughs> our fans. Imagine having to edit a video podcast. There would be no editing, <laughs> which is why we are never doing a video podcast. <laughs> because what you don't know right now is that at this point, I'm looking at the count, and it's like one hour and 16 minutes in. When you get this, it'll probably be like 35, 40 minutes in, maybe 45 minutes in. So you know exactly how much I cut out of like... Us saying um and like and pauses. And so random no. tangents about the Blue Jays. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Not to mention... Yeah. Not to mention, if we did a video cast, I would actually have to, like, wear clean clothes and put on makeup. So, yeah, not happening. I love you guys, but not happening. But, yeah, another show I heard about that was at the, what they call the Upfronts, which is where the this, the networks all announce what's coming out. That was new. all this week. Yeah. It was started on Tuesday. I think the big push was on Tuesday, and then there's some the rest of the week. There's one new one coming out from Fox, which is sort of sci-fi-ish, mm-hmm. future-ish. Um, called Almost Human, which looks really early, and which has Carl Urban, who plays <laughs> McCoy, yes, in it. And it's basically set in the future. It's sort of a similar kind of setup, similar elements to it from the iRobot movie, where like the main character is a police officer, and they have these robot sort of police officers. He's kind of bitter from an incident where one of the robots was like, I have, I have calculated that, you know... Carl ex- Urban is bitter. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> because one of the robots was like, I have calculated that blah blah blah, these people have a better chance of survival, mm-hmm. I must protect them, blah blah blah. Instead of covering him and his partner when he's trying to get away. 
So as a police officer, they, he now has to have a partner that is one of these robots. But <laughs> there's one part where he, he gets the first one, the one that's telling him that he's like driving too fast or something, and he just opens up the door of the car, pushes the thing out into traffic, <laughs> into like highway traffic. But so they ended up they end up assigning him a a different model that was made to have more human like characteristics. Mm-hmm. And more to experience, maybe not experience, but understand human emotion and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it looks like it could be really good. It's called, so like I said, it's called Almost Human. The, there's a two and a half minute trailer on YouTube that you can check out. And it looks like it could be pretty interesting. I'm kind of looking to see, looking forward to see what that's see, like. See, as much as I love TV and I do, I don't have cable at home. I really don't want to pick up any more TV shows. I spend yeah. too much time watching TV. <laughs> I, I've slowly whittled my TV watching down to four shows. I yeah. do not include Downton, Downton and Game of Thrones because mm-hmm. I can't watch those online on a regular basis. Yeah, and or because, well, I can't because they're watch not them, on on a regular basis. And it's I can't like watch a... them on TV on a regular basis because yeah. they're not on. Yeah. And no one in my family gets HBO, so I yeah. can't watch Game of Thrones. I have, So I have to wait for friends who have means and ways <laughs> to do it. Yeah, I really, well, especially with the college course and stuff I'm doing, I really don't have, other than, well, other than The Daily Show and uh, Stephen Colbert, which we usually watch during dinner, I don't have that many shows that I, I specifically watch. I don't have any, sh- I don't really have any shows that I specifically sit down and watch them at a specific time. One of the things I should mention about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is it's, it's been announced that it's going to be on on Tuesdays at 8 o'clock, which means I'm going to have to watch it slightly time-shifted because I, I work until 8 on Tuesdays. Well, I mean, and I have other stuff I enjoy watching. Like, I've got Castle and stuff, that, but we have a DVR. Yeah. So it's... And my last two courses that I was taking, things were always due on Monday nights. And I'm off Monday, so that was the main day for me to get stuff mm-hmm. done for my course and get stuff trying yeah. to work on the podcast. So there were a lot of times it's like, oh yeah, it's after ten. I'll just I'll just catch up on the DVR. Now I've got like six episodes <laughs> of the cast to catch up on. And yeah, I think Agents of Shield though is going to be one I'm going to I'm going to watch this as close to the actual air to air time as possible because. <laughs> Okay, so moving into final segment. Lovely, t- lovely tangents. Yes. <laughs> well, the, the TV and stuff still fits. With yes. Our umbrella under knitting and geekery <laughs> is rather large. This is a this good thing. This is true. Yeah, so moving into Cravings, Covets, and Crushes, I have an Etsy seller who has some seriously gorgeous stuff and that I've been sort of drooling over. I went through a sort of a period where I was looking through a lot of, looking for people that did a lot of like gradient sort of things. And this is, this person does some really pretty stuff. It's an Etsy shop called Black Trillium Fibers. So Etsy.com slash shop slash Black Trillium, B-L-A-C-K-T-R-I-L-L-I-U-M is the address. And she does, she does a lot of like dyed sock yarn and she does also some worsted and bulky ones too. She does mini skeins, but she has these really pretty gradient kits too. Like I'm looking at one, the blush gradient kit, which goes from a very light pink to a deep red. And basically it's five, the gradient kits have five skeins of increasing or decreasing color saturation, depending on which way you look at it. Um, each skein is 33 grams and approximately 127 yards. So five skeins. So that's what, like a little over 600 yards of yarn in this sort of gradient. Mm-hmm. She also has a number of other sort of kits that have like different colors in them, but all on a theme. So they're, they're the same sort of skein size as the, um, like there's the one, I'm looking at one here called the Opaline Havsies, it's called. So it's basically five 50-gram skeins in five different colors that all sort of work together. So it would be interesting for something like, um, I know a few years ago, people were, lots of people were doing the Charlotte's Web shawl, which used uh, skeins of Koigu that sort of, mm-hmm. you could get five different colors of it that sort of went together to do it. Okay, so it's five 50-gram skeins in five different colors. The base yarn is 380 yards per 100 grams. So in other words, it's 190 yards. For each five, for each 50 gram skein. So times five. Yeah, kit totals 250 grams and 950 yards. So that's a pretty big shawl. Or even like a kid's sweater or something. And it's really pretty. That <laughs> she has is some lovely. gorgeous colors. Some gorgeous, vibrant colors. Ooh, that one's kind of pretty. It's very fall. Warm heart. Yeah, it's got yellows and reds and sort of a deeper burgundy, purple red. Ginger snap gradient kit. But yeah, there's some gorgeous stuff here. And I think the reason I originally had it bookmark or when i originally had a bookmark i favorited one of the items specifically she also does like single skeins of sock yarn and stuff 
Look at that color. <laughs> oh, that's your color. Yeah, the original gradient kit that I had sort of favorites was the the pine colorway. E pine, <laughs> as in crisp pine. <laughs> Um, which, again, was like greens and tealy loveliness and <laughs> want, but must resist. But yes, so that's black trillium fibers. Oh, and she also has project bags. And she has project bags and knitting patterns, actually. And those are some pretty pretty pro- project bags, too. Yeah, there's also a little bit of roving there, too, at the moment. Not much at the moment, but she'll probably have more, and I see Polworth silk. Ooh, that would be lovely. Okay, going away. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, away, Karen, yeah. you might want to walk away. Yeah, walk away now. Okay, so... I think we can wrap it up. I think so. Are you done squealing? <laughs> I'm done squealing. I was trying to think of an appropriate send-off, but I can't Other think Other than live long and prosper? Live long and prosper, yes. <laughs> yes. So when are you going to see the movie again? Uh, I think Tuesday night with one of my girlfriends. <laughs> if not Saturday with um, my family. <laughs> or I might see it Tuesday, and then I might go back and see it on Saturday. Because... You know, this may be my Avengers. <laughs> um, and see it multiple times. Yep. Yeah, it's going to happen. I still haven't seen Iron Man yet, either. I need to see Iron Man. That's we need gonna to see be... Iron Man. Well, we, we should mention, we should say, happy fireworks. Yes, it's, uh, it's Victoria Day weekend it's here. Victoria Day weekend. Um, Which is sort of our start to summer, similar to the U.S.'s uh, Memorial Day. Yeah, our official start to summer. Everyone People opening up their cottages and a lot of Stocking them. up on the alcohol, whether there's a strike <laughs> or not. Yeah. <laughs> Which it looks like there won't be. There isn't. They, they made it. Yeah, the so. LCBO has averted a strike yes. just in time <laughs> for everybody to get the drink on this weekend. Yeah, we did that last weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had. We should mention we had the, uh, the <laughs> Disney Princess sleepover for... Lily's birthday last weekend. I'm 29, so you're never too old for Disney princesses. Nope, especially not when you pair them with alcohol. Mm, or Cards Against Humanity. Oh, God. <laughs> Which was incredibly fun. Oh, my God. I just, it's so awful and yet so fun. But either way, it's sort of like, well, I don't think I can really stay up until 3.30 in the morning and then wake up at 7 anymore. Yeah. I'm an old lady. <laughs> the things we do for fun. Yep. Anyway, I think we're done. Yep. Okay. Live long and prosper. Live long and prosper, dudes. Dudes. Bye. Thanks for listening. You can find old episodes or our show notes at our blog, knit1geek2.emptypockets.org. That's K-N-I-T-1 G-E-E-K-2 dot M-T dash P-O-C-K-E-T-S dot O-R-G. You can also find them at our Ravelry group. Just search Knit One Geek Two in Ravelry's groups feature. If you'd like to get in contact with us, you can leave a comment at the blog, comment on our Ravelry group, or you can send us an email at knitonegeek2 at gmail.com, or you can find us on Twitter at knitonegeek2. Thanks, and keep geeking on!